From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Monday, October 28th, the year 2019. Um, we have back with us my good friend Catherine Magnoli. Good evening, Catherine. Hi, how are you? Um, and Catherine's on because, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine, by the way. Um, I tend to do that, and it's so rude. Um Catherine's back on because she had a very monumental life event happen late uh, recently. Catherine, you got presented a big check. What was that like? Everybody dreams of getting a big check handed to you. Did it live up to expectations? Best feeling ever. No, in all um, honesty, once I saw, I know it's such a silly thing, but you do get excited when you see a big check in the room, um, and you feel really cool when you see it. Um, Unfortunately, it was not coming to my bank account, but it was going to a really great cause. It was a culmination of my running season, and they did a big check presentation for all the money that was raised for the Dana-Farber Marathon Challenge, um, so that was really cool. Uh, running season? Uh, does that mean that there's, like, multiple events, and, and this is, like, the culmination party for anybody who had run any kind of event? for this organization this year? It was, it was the, the so the 2019 Dana Farber Marathon Challenge team, this was like the culminating event. So anyone who ran on the team um, was invited to this presentation. So it was pretty cool. What's gotta be cool too is you probably haven't seen some of these people in a while and now you're being reunited and it's not just a, you know, a reunion party, you have a nice glass of wine and a cool dinner. Like, this is a big, significant event. Yeah, it's a nice reminder of all the work that we did and all the laps and, and miles that we had under our belts. It's like, it's a nice reminder of why we did it all. You know, the New York City Marathon is this weekend. And every year I watch the start in Staten Island as they come over the Verrazano Bridge. And I'm just like... 26.2 miles and I I kind of fast walked jogged 1.8 miles on Saturday and I was I was exhausted after that and I'm thinking if that was me I'd have like 24 plus more to go do you now gotta look start somewhere though gotta start somewhere yes but do you look now at anybody who runs anything whether it's 5k's halves full marathons the people running the New York City Marathon this weekend and have a whole different perspective on, on your opinion of them or what you think of them, having now done it yourself? Um, I would say that my perspective has changed a little in the sense that before I trained for the marathon, running a 10K, which is six miles, was like a huge deal. And it would like, I would do one and I would like probably not move for a week. Then I got to a point where it's like, well, I'm just doing like a casual six miles on a Tuesday before work. So your perspective does change. You know, uh, we're talking to Catherine Magnoli, Boston Marathon finisher Catherine Magnoli, who uh, was a part of the team uh, for the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute that was just presented with a big check. How, um, how, how big was that check, by the way? What was the final amount? Um, the final amount was $6.58 million, I believe. Look at that. That's, that's a big old amount. That is, check. that is a big old amount. Um, 
So I had a, had a, had a, I got her first big check and then obviously got to see it, the big check presented uh, to a great cause and to a great um, um, organization looking to end the hideous disease that is cancer. All right, you told me that you recently signed up for a half marathon. Um, I did. I ran it this weekend. You ran it this weekend. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, first half marathon. Your first half marathon. All right, so take us back. Why did you sign up in the first place, and what was the event, and what was it benefiting, if, if anything? Um, so the reason I signed up was because um, when I was training for Boston, my schedule made it so that I was eating pretty healthily, I was getting good sleep, I was exercising on a consistent basis, and then once it was over, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this is so nice not to have to get up early and run and blah, 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 and then summer comes, and you go on vacation, and then you're having drinks on patios, and then you're going to barbecues, and you're on the beach, so... I felt like I needed something to get my life a little back on track in the sense of I need a reason to eat healthily, I need a reason to drink water, I need a reason to exercise on a semi-consistent basis. So some friends and I signed up for a half marathon. Um, it was this past Saturday. It was um, in Falmouth in Cape Cod. That's a scenic place to do a half marathon. It was beautiful. The whole course was, like, all along the water. It was a gorgeous fall day. It was really, really nice. Um, when you do one of these races now, and when you mm -hmm. decided, all right, I'm going to sign up, I'm going to train, I'm going to go through the aches, the pains, the early wake-ups, the having to pass on, you know, whatever event to get your rest... Did, did, did you say to yourself, am I really getting myself into this again? Or were you really excited and not dreading all the sacrifices you would have to make? So you really, um, doing a full marathon put in perspective, I didn't need to make as many sacrifices. I knew I had done the mileage before. I mm. knew I could do it. So once I kind of got into the swing of things with, running a couple days a week and then doing some longer distance on Saturdays, I was pretty confident that I would be able to finish. It didn't take over my life like the full marathon did. Interesting. We're talking with Catherine Magnoli, Boston Marathon finisher and now half marathon finisher. Um, I have to ask, everybody talks about the special places in New York and then entering Central Park and you kind of look around Obviously, for Boston, you, you train on a lot of that route. There's, there's, the, there's the emotional parts, the sentimental parts. Obviously, when you're doing something like this, when you're training for whatever event, wherever, if it's London or Paris, you're looking at all the, all, all the sites. You're in one of the most beautiful beach and, and kind of water, you know, ocean-bearing cities and, and, and provinces, whatever Cape Cod technically is, in America, um, when you're running that marathon, was it not distracting, so to speak, but was it like a different experience because now you're along the water and you're looking at different things than when you were training or when you were doing the actual Boston Marathon itself? Um, 
Yes, it's different because when I, I live in Boston, so when I, you know, I'm just running for exercise around here, I know how far away things are, and I know how far away I am from my apartment because I've run the mile so many times, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost like when you're in, in an unfamiliar place, I'd been to Falmouth and I'd run there, but I didn't run. I never run on the route that we were on. Sometimes the miles go faster, but you don't have those points where you're like, "Oh, I'm here." That means I only have X amount to go, or whatever it is. Just to get technical uh, and runner geeky for a second, are you somebody that likes to look at the mileage and pace yourself in the mileage, and when you don't quite know? where you are or how far more you have to go, does that throw you off? Or does it help in the sense that you're running blind, essentially, and just following everybody else, and they're going towards the finish line, and so will you eventually? So I have one of the, those watches that tracks your distance. It's nothing fancy, but it just shows how far you've gone. And right. I try not to look at it at all. Mm. Because I feel like if you look at it, then you'll keep looking at it and keep looking at it and realize how much farther you have to go. Um, mine is set to, it like, you get a little thing, and it tells you once you've hit every mile, and it tells you the time and pace. So... When it dings, I'll look, but I otherwise really, really try not to. How loud is that ding? Because I would have to think when you're running, you've got the noise of, of the crowd, you've got the noise of whatever music you're playing. That's got to be a pretty loud ding to make, to, to have you re recognize it and look at it. Or are you just so used to it by now after running with it 80 billion times that, that you can pick that thing out of a crowd of a of screaming rock concert fans. Um, yeah, you kind of, and it kind of vibrates a little, so, so you know mm. what's happening. And when I do my longer runs, and especially when I'm running with friends, which I did for this half marathon, and during some of the, the longer training runs I did for this half marathon, I was running with friends, so didn't have music on. Right. Talking with Catherine Magnoli, now marathon, half marathon. What's next? Uh, uh, finisher, what's next? You're going to do a... An ultra marathon, a 1K, a 3K? Are you going to dial it back, ramp it up? What's the plan? Well, I do have to say that once I finished the half marathon, I was very happy to not have to do an additional 13 miles. <laughs> um, so that was good. So I don't really know what's next. Um, I, you know, want to get back to running a couple days uh before work, but it's really dark out right now in the morning. Yes. Um, so once daylight savings happens, which is happening this week, I should, should be a little bit better. Uh, this is not a personal question, so you don't have to go down that route, but but just in general, you talked about wanting to get back in a good routine, eating healthy, drinking more water, blah, blah, blah. Is this something that you think because this is winter versus summer will be easier to stick to because... You know, it's not like you can be at 10,000, you know, rooftop barbecues and stuff. Like, do you think the season will make it easier to stick to your routine so that come spring or whenever you want to start ramping up your running, you'll, you know, be in a different place than when you started ramping up this time around? Does that make sense? Um, it 
definitely makes sense, and I don't know the answer to that, because I did just have a ton of Halloween candy, so, <laughs> you know, kind of different, uh, different things happening in winter, yeah. holidays and stuff like that, but... Because for some... Because for some people, like, they, you know, don't do anything fitness-wise during the summer because all of their passions are outdoor sports. And then there's the people that suddenly have all this time to spare and suddenly get back in the gym because they can't, you know, go out to 5,000 happy hours on uh, uh, rooftops every week. So there's this dichotomy kind of. Um, yeah. That's... Really, I think that when it comes to, you know, kind of healthy eating, I do think it's easier I think it's easier to eat healthy in the winter just because you're doing, minus the holidays, like, you're not doing as many things. You're not out as much, so I think that's helpful. Um, and in terms of exercising, I have to say, because I ran the whole summer, um, running in the heat is terrible. I'm so excited to start bundling up again and going on runs. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that, that's what every runner says. And you would think, ah, it's great, it's nice, I'll get a nice sweater. Nope, give me 55 every day and I'll be just fine. Absolutely. Uh, talking to Catherine Magnoli, marathon and half marathon finisher. All right, you recently moved. Um, okay. th th this is a complete transition, folks. Um, you, you recently moved. Um, what was the best and worst part of your move? Moving is terrible. <laughs> because, by the way, oh, oh, uh, 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 sorry to interrupt you. She was packing for the move during our last podcast in July, just to give you guys a timeline out there of, of, of when we did this. So, sorry, go ahead. No, um, so moving is terrible. I would say um, I'm very happy to be in my new apartment. It's beautiful. Um, I'm super happy here. We're still in, um, I'm still in the same neighborhood that I lived in, which I love. There are a lot of great restaurants around, um, some cute little stores, walking distance to a grocery store, a lot of public transportation options, but the act of moving is the worst. Um, awful. Yeah. So good parts of it. Um, this is a generally a sports podcast, but we divert into other topics. So, do you have any tips now for the folks out there who may be moving soon, based you on your actually, experience? I was reading a ton of articles, as one does when they do anything. You just read a bunch of articles about it, um, where they were talking about ways to save money during moves. First of all, hire movers. Movers are totally worth it. You might be upset when you're paying them, but it's totally worth it. Right. Um, the second thing is, I don't know how much online shopping you do, but I do a fair amount of online shopping. So I would say start saving all of the boxes from your online purchases and all of the Amazon bags and things like that. If things come in bubble wrap bags and you pack in those, that's pretty, pretty good. Just, you know, tell yourself you're going to be as calm and as patient as you can, and you're not going to let anything rattle you, and try to stick to that. What was the most bizarre thing you found when you packed? Like, like when you packed, what did you realize, oh my God, I actually kept this or got this or did nothing with this? Like, what did you, what were the most bizarre things you uncovered? That's a great question. I would say it's really just 
clothes that I've had that I continue moving from apartment to apartment to apartment and never wear but don't want to get rid of in case I want to wear it one day in the future. <laughs> yes, that day in the future. Yeah, I'll, I'll use this sweater for nothing, five, uh, for something five years later you've never worn it. Exactly, exactly. I found recently while cleaning a grocery list from seven years ago. What was on it? Uh, just the stuff I get every time I go to the grocery store. But, 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 but because of what was on the opposite side, I could put a date on it. And I'm like, yeah, mm. I totally don't need this grocery list from seven years ago. Yeah. Uh, bread rolls, bananas, milk, Cheerios. Yeah, I I know what I usually get. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need it anymore. All right, folks. Um, there actually is a connection between what I'm about to talk about and the title of this podcast. This is a sports podcast, usually. Chris Harrison, who hosts the Bachelor franchise, is a huge golfer. Colton is a golfer. Um, there's a bunch of guys who have come through the Bachelor universe um, and Bachelorette universe who are golfers. With that premise of why we're going to talk about the Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise here, uh, I ask a Bachelor universe fan, Bachelor, is, is it Bachelor universe or Bachelor Nation? I think it's Bachelor Nation. Okay. A Bachelor Nation fan, Catherine Magnoli. Why does this thing still have lasting power all these years later? Why is it still insanely popular? Honestly, I wish I knew. It just sucks you in. You just get sucked into the you just get sucked into the things that they make into drama that aren't even that dramatic and you just can't stop. And it's like there's not a ton else to do on a Monday in the winter and you just start following these people and seeing what train wrecks their lives are and you get sucked in. Does it put your own and your friends and whoever else you talk about the show with uh, relationship squabbles in perspective? In perspective? Because um, hmm. like because, like, I feel like in relationships, there's a lot of times where it's like, why are we arguing over why we keep going to the same restaurant, but I like the food, but I want to try something new, blah, blah, blah. And now these people are arguing over God knows what. Like, does it... Does it, well, it does give you something to point to and say, you know, at least I'm not that crazy. Yes, exactly. That was my point. Like, like does it almost give you solace in a sense? Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. Um, and you look at it, and these people are traveling the world, and you're sitting at your house, and you're going to work, so you're like, hmm. Um, how big, a, how important is Chris Harrison to the Bachelor franchise? Um, I mean, he's important in the sense that people are obsessed with him, but I literally, like, he couldn't have an easier job. He shows up for, like, five minutes, gives two sentences worth of advice and then that's it and then he could just probably golf on location for the next you know 6.88 days <laughs> and then do the same the following week is this maybe why he has now time for a podcast with Callaway Golf yeah <laughs> oh man alright um, what is the elevator pitch you would give to all the folks out there who 
because of their significant other or their best friend or their new roommate have to get sucked in to this. They have no alternative. They want to be either a good partner or a good friend or whatever. What's, what's the, what, what will convince us? Don't argue it, put up with it and watch the show with me. I mean, I would say just let it happen, you know, just give it a try. And then all of a sudden you find yourself getting sucked in and you would say, you know, that you hate it and your brain is going to mush and everything, but you still get sucked into it. Oh, I'm, I'm live producing this because I honestly do not know the answer to this. Are you a Kardashian fan? Oh my gosh, Jeremy, I'm glad you asked. So, in my new apartment, I have more channels than I did in my old apartment. Yes. So, I have access to E again. And let me tell you, there has been a lot of Kardashian watching. watching. <laughs> oh my God. And it is... <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm watching them so much so I didn't have access to them for a while. But it's like I'm so happy to be back. It's not like it's not good. I'm not proud of it, but I am so happy to be back. The Kardashians back in my life. If you heard noise in the background, that was me dropping my pen because was, the way you said that was hilarious. It's like you have no idea how happy I am to have E back. I can watch the Kardashians. Oh, that was priceless. All right. Bachelor uni- bachelor franchise versus everything Kardashian. Like, I have to pick one? Yes, you have to pick one. So, I don't watch the Kardashians when, like, if, say it's, I don't know, say they're on at 9 o'clock on Sunday night. Right. You episode. I don't tune in at 9 o'clock on Sunday. Right. Kardashians are good for when you want to spend seven hours on your couch on a Sunday and catch up. <laughs> and they're, they are ridiculous people. They are ridiculous people, but they control the world. Kris Jenner is like, Jesus, you can't say that they're stupid. Like, they're not. They're brilliant. What she's they, done is a genius. I mean, she's been a genius. Genius. Yeah made this yeah. brand and made this family sorry what it is let, let me ask you this do you own anything that the kardashian jenner f- people family have put out any of the makeup no. the outfits no. and that stuff those things don't um i don't really fall for those types of things that type of branding and marketing that doesn't really get to me so no i don't think so so let me ask you this um, every one of these reality shows, whether it's a, a competition show like Survivor or whether it's, you know, The Bachelor or The Kardashians, there is the reality reality and then there's how they edit it and winners edits and losers edits and whatever. As you may or may not know, the people behind The Kardashians production-wise is, wise is Ryan Seacrest. Oh, I'm very familiar with Yes. So. <laughs> I, I know. So, the people behind The Bachelor and the people behind The Kardashians, who has done more to make the show what it is and add in, whether it's music, whether it's the editing, whether it's when they choose to go to commercial, what do you think has been the drama in that hook? Because my whole thing with Family Feud on the Game Show Network is that there's no commercial between one episode and another when they're doing binges. Same with HGTV. 
So it just sucks you in because you literally have no reason to get up. It's a genius way of bracketing that commercial block. What do you, which show has done a better job of structuring their show and producing it so that it lures everybody in? I mean, I think the Kardashians have an empire. I really do. It's, it's amazing what that family has done. It is yeah. absolutely amazing. And all the spinoffs and it's, and it's led to celebrity marriages, celebrity breakups. It's led to yeah. NBA it's players. Led to being, mama drama. Yes. It's, it's led to, uh, it's, it's led to, um, um, NBA players getting heckled at the free throw line. I mean, it's got comparisons all over the place. Um, yeah. Cool. Now I know that I can throw in Kardashian questions at the end of the time that you're on my podcast. That's a, yeah. that's very exciting. Is there anything else you want to say before we say goodnight? Um, no, I think I'm all set. Um, well, Catherine Magnoli, Boston Marathon finisher, um, half marathon finisher. I know people who have just become half marathoners, and that's what they do, and they're as you said, the training's easier and you're able to kind of build up to it realistically and thematically. Um, thematically is the wrong word, but just, you know, getting a good rhythm that fits within their lives. Is the next time you're going to be on announcing your next half marathon? That's a good question. I'm not sure what I'll be announcing the next time I'm on. Stay tuned. Okay. Maybe you'll be getting another big check for something. That'd be nice. Yeah. Well, Catherine Magnoli, Boston Marathon finisher, and now um, Cape Cod half marathon finisher. Great two places to run your first marathon and a half marathon. Thank you for once again coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. And thank you all for listening to this edition of Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. We will see you next time.